0: This is James Grundig with Decentralized.media on Unrestricted Warfare. I got a special guest, returning guest and SG&I. We're going to dive deep into many subjects about the deep state, the cabal, and how we're actually winning this war. Yes, there's a lot of uh, fragmented dots out there, but we're going to put the pieces together for you as best we can to develop a picture. But, you know, I believe the, the Babylonians have been in charge of this planet for 6,000 years. They've done it through finance, through debt enslavement. This is how they've done it, especially in the modern age. And there's no greater person to die, in my opinion, than, than Rothschild, Jacob Rothschild in particular, whose family was what? They, they, they basically created Israel out of, out of thin air, right, through the Balfour Declaration. And what else, what else did they actually do? Oh, I know. They got everybody involved in what? Finance, the Federal Reserve, that is how they controlled us through the United States, the Federal Reserve in Israel. Those two things, synagogue of Satan, understand who we're fighting. It's not what you think it is. Video one. Let's get into Jacob Rothschild because he's so exciting. Not really, but let's play it anyway. I
1: see. Think- the phenomenal change that's come about in the last two, three years is there probably isn't a child over the age of six that isn't deeply concerned about climate change. I mean, there were reports in the past, but now the focus of the world are on those problems, whether it's droughts, whether it's storms, whether it's, it's the seaside being ruined, just undermining life. Everything. And, and in a way, Corona has slightly, I'm afraid, eclipsed the importance of this conversation. No one's saying Corona isn't incredibly devastating, but
0: actually we do need to think long-term about the planet. Yeah, and it's a distraction
1: well, more than a distraction. It's a tragedy, but uh, it does have that knock-on effect. Distraction,
0: distraction, distraction. Yes, it's a distraction. SG, welcome to the show. What do you think about that one minute clip they talked about climate change and corona being a distraction?
1: Well, you know, it's it's no you know strange thing to me to hear, you know, messages like this coming from the worldwide transnational elite especially in 2019-2020 after several years of a Trump president presidency after president Trump had already coordinated the bankruptcy right of the United States corporation government with the queen um, and it is worth noting, just as we said, the context for the answer to your question just a moment ago there, you know, Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is a, a pretty loud voice in the community now as far as the you know financial transition that was initiated under President Trump and the executive orders and how they tie into that. And she pointed out something that was absolutely fascinating on a call um, at, at one point in time. And I, I was very intrigued by it and it was very astute. And she said to. You know, go back and look at the clip where President Trump and QE2 were walking along and the media, of course, went ape about President Trump walking in front of the queen and things like that. But if you actually look at that clip and you watch that clip, that was a coordinated choreography. It was it was absolutely on purpose. And the queen actually motioned him forward with her left hand in a very subtle way, um, sort of saying, you have the floor, Mr. President, you know, because we've now concluded these negotiations in their preliminary sense. So understanding that basis, then we have to really look at the communications that come from other individuals of the global worldwide cabal at the very, very high level. So like the Rothschild dynasty, anyone bearing the name of Pacer, things like that. Right. And so Rothschild comes out and he says literally that COVID is a distraction, but they don't they only define it as a distraction from climate change. Well, what is this climate change? Really? Climate change is sort of the catch all term, the umbrella term applied to Agenda 2030 and a transformation of this entire world from a humanity-focused and nature-focused planet into one of this sort of sadistic, transhumanistic AI, you know, post-world apocalypse that these individuals have been planning for a very long time. So if COVID is a distraction from that event, that must mean that there is more to play at COVID, right? There's more to play with this COVID idea. It is not what it seems, and we can, and of course we know that. Very good scientists have confirmed that it's never been isolated, uh, for all we know, the virus itself may not actually exist. <clears throat> Excuse me. A great deal of the narrative that we've been experiencing in and around COVID nineteen and all of the SARS CoV data um, is is just that. It's primarily data. We don't have good uh, organic isolations of these of these um, this virus and and different component parts of this virus. So it's worth noting that that in itself could even be a ruse in some regards. It's my own personal opinion based on the. Um, Initiation of devolution of government here in the United States of America in response to the COVID-19 pandemic launched upon the world that we've seen a number of extraordinarily high level uh, military operations carried out literally in plain sight under the guise of COVID-19. Um, People will remember the boot club right and individuals who have tested positive or negative for COVID-19 individuals who were very explicit when they came out and said that they tested positive for COVID-19 but they they, but that they would be recovering uh, at home at home versus uh, recovering in hospital and so these prepositional phrases attached into these communiques that come out from the likes of gaga from the likes of tom hanks from the likes of you know president trump and melania in october i believe it was of 2020 or september of yeah. 2020 you know all of these different um uh messages are i think much more evident of a broader situation that's been going on and indeed a great deal of individuals diagnosed with covid-19 have never been heard from again um we have a good examples to show that
0: plenty of them and secretary of defense austin let me interject, uh, you know, disappeared in the beginning of the year and no one knew where he was. And Biden didn't know where he was. Well, Joe doesn't, Biden doesn't know where he is anyway. But that's besides the point. But he he went out for two weeks and came back miraculously, ended up in the hospital. He's back out, He went back in and, and now he's back out again. It's just like been very bizarre. It's all COVID related or something.
1: Right. And, you know, what I find very fascinating about that, and this ties back to Mr. Rothschild's statement just a moment ago about distractions, is distractions are necessary not only for us, but also for all of those that are infiltrated within the ranks of we the people. We cannot let those individuals that are monitoring the various information systems and channels that they've always had access to to derail an irregular operation that has become so, that has been so successful, I should say, becomes not the right word, but has been so successful in these last few years moving forward. And so a way to do that is to provide multiple reports of different hospitalizations or individuals leaving public society and then coming back out into public society. I find it fascinating that, you know, uh, Defense Secretary Austin went into the hospital for the first time on the 22nd of December of last year, which was less than forty-eight hours after a a halfway around the world trip that he had taken uh, to the George H. W. Bush Carrier Group in the Eastern Mediterranean, I truly do believe, in some regards, James, that what occurred there was a meeting or some sort of a discussion uh, about how Austin could play a part in the military alliance and save his own skin. In other words, this is a guy I think that had more. Uh, to give to the patriotic actors and when faced with his own life and limb up against, you know, a continuity of government operation and all sorts of treason and seditious conspiracy charges, probably decided to go uh, the more legacy preservation route, right? Understanding that if the game is cooked, the game is cooked. Exactly. Um, And so we saw him go into the hospital. He didn't tell anyone, not even the Under Secretary of defense who um, or assistant secretary, who's basically came out and said, no, I had no idea that this was going on. And so what occurred in the period of time that Austin was away? And then again, as you as you so highlighted, Austin goes back into the hospital alongside in the narrative, um, at at least from what was reported in the mainstream media alongside King Charles. So, you know, these are individuals that have sort of gone off of the public for. Right. They've ostensibly they've gone into hospital. And then just a few weeks later, Rothschild dies. Um, So I find it very fascinating then that, you know, the sequence of events that we're seeing in the beginning of this year points us in the direction of really victorious progression forward in the sense that the worldwide finance markets and those very powerful, influential um, hidey holes of large amounts of money around the world have been either seized and repurposed or have been put into some sort of submission or cooperation. And now we have evidence to show that individuals who chose not to play ball when the time was initially offered to them, I believe during the first Trump administration, have been exited stage left.
0: I'm with you all the way on that. Let's uh, go into the PowerPoint because uh, a lot of things you you touched on are actually a PowerPoint, of course, because you and I are usually in sync on what's going on in the world. So this uh, one is uh, the CIA. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But CIA spy bases in Ukraine reported by the New York Times, which New York Times gets most of its uh, of its copy from the CIA, which I find the whole thing incredibly ironic. I guess is the word I would use. Um, you can find me people, unrestricted warfare, and beyond the Bible, uh, Rumble dot Red Pill Project. Uh, we're going to decentralize media soon enough. It's coming. So talking t- about SG's points here, and I'll let it in in a second. We had in September of 2022, we had the Queen's death on the 8th of September. And at the end of that month, the Vatican Bank closed. That's a fact. Those two things happened, right? The Vatican called, called in all of its loans worldwide to all the banks out there. And it officially closed, When I understand. Then this past Sunday, we had the Rothschild's death, which was actually a procession on Sunday with the King Guard. Very unusual unless you own the British British Corporation, which I guess the Rothschild family did, and you had the the Union Jack or the Ro- the Royal Guard flag or whatever it is under a black uh, canvas or cloth to 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 basically honor the death of Lord His Lord, not mine, uh, Rothschild, and he's gone. But uh, what's interesting is on the eleventh of March, which is a very special day, the thirty three hoax number three times eleven. We had the World Health Organization declare a pandemic on March 11, 2020, We're now staring at the Federal Reserve, basically not being the Federal Reserve anymore. It's only there now for a super liquidity, uh, you know, not, not for liquidity anymore, but actually backstopping you know, banks that are in hyper distress, which is all happening. So I'm wondering when that date comes and the Fed is no longer the Fed, and I guess really it's the U.S. Treasury, which now has been in charge of the Fed since Trump did the CARES Act, it looks like to me that we're going to go into some financial turbulence this spring. SG, weigh in on any of these points.
1: Well, I think it's worth noting that Rothschild died 17 months after Queen Elizabeth did, right? And so, looking at the progression <laughs> of <laughs> events here, you know, we have we have as you as you highlighted a longitudinal proof, if you want to call it that, or, or sort of a circumspect compilation of. Uh, ev- you know, pieces of evidence that suggest a much broader situation is occurring. And I think that's exactly what's happening in the financial space. The US debt clock dot org, that particular algorithmic project has been functioning as an infographic communications board now for more than four months, yep. um, putting out everything from the discussion of the Federal Reserve, how it happened, cross comparing that to symbolism with the Knights Templar. Um, which predates, of course, the Rothschild dynasty actually folded into the Rothschild dynasty in the, in the uh, late 17th century. So, <clears throat> excuse me, looking into this and, and seeing this constellation of events coming together, we can only conclude, I think, that something significant, is coming in the world of finance worldwide. You know what are the what are the convergent forces that we're seeing right now? President Trump just in the last month has talked about the U.S. economy crashing. He says that he hopes it does it before he's reelected. He doesn't want to be another Herbert Hoover. I think that's a harbinger more than anything else. I think that's frankly a heads up uh, yeah. from the commander in chief. Uh, we've got um, U.S. <clears throat> U.S. Petro. Uh, dollar markets all around the world that are being disconnected systematically and on purpose with very much vigor and drive uh, from the Federal Reserve system and from the U.S. dollar, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. system and model. Uh, The Baghdad government, as of 1 January of this year, is operating now completely independent of that uh, boa constrictor. And that's a very significant, um, um, you know, it's a very significant marker in this process because Iraq has essentially been sort of the rump state you know cash cow of the Federal Reserve ever since 2003 that war was about much more than Iraq's oil but one of the the bonuses that the State Department and the. US Federal Reserve system got from that was the ability to essentially govern the financial transactions of everything that occurred in that country under military occupation. And so now that has been freed and Iraq is now uh, essentially has been given the all clear to revalue their dinar uh, internally and to exchange, uh, you know, in an appropriate ratio, all foreign currencies that are asset backed in value right with the appropriate level of dinar in that country. And those exchanges will not be offered uh, anymore in the fiat U.S. dollar system. That's huge. That is um, huge. You know, on top of that, we've got regional banks that are you know throwing off signs of continuing distress, commercial Default on commercial loans in the United States has not slowed down from September of 2023. That's a very significant metric to keep in mind because commercial real estate sort of props up the health of the kinetic market here in the civilian sector, right? Um, That comes back and affects things like the housing market. It'll affect things like the commodities markets once we see some of these uh, appropriate valuations put out for some of those commodities. And at the same time that we're having this discussion, you know, James, we've got the Middle Eastern situation that has essentially blown up in such a fashion that that Federal Reserve CIA serpent that has existed in that uh, area of the world really for the last 25 to 35 years cannot uh, come up with a new lifeblood system, right? There's not enough time to drum up organized chaos and move assets around. We've got Syrian oil fields that are being flooded and set on fire. We've yep. got the Israeli uh, military that is now committing itself to a much broader conflict, which is tying up a great deal of U.S. military assets in that region of the world. So the rest of this disconnection from the petrodollar and the Washington, D.C., U.S. aid system is made really uh, you know, possible and and on an accelerated schedule because of the types of convergence of forces that we're now seeing in the world. This, I think, is harbingering or, or, or you know, providing us some sort of foreknowledge of a serious downturn, some sort of serious reconciliation event, really is what it amounts to, within the U.S. financial system, within the U.S. North American Wall Street system, which is the only thing left to prop up the value of this dollar. And the thing is, if that's the only thing we've got, And the rest of the world wants something tangible and of value. They're not going to do business with the dollar. And it's just a matter of time before the dollar becomes essentially a non-influential power. And while that is difficult for Americans to hear, certainly because we're very affected by this and we're seeing that in our economy and in our communities, it is necessary if we're going to restore balance worldwide and arrive at a point where all of us can sort of operate with some amount of international diplomacy with one another beyond this period of time that we're all living.
0: I'm with you all the way, SG. It's uh, interesting times. Trump is not going to come back and hold the bag. Biden, Biden administration or Obama shadow government, whatever is running the, the current uh, D.C. Swamp presidency is going to be holding the bag in history. That is for sure. Um, I, I love, you know, memes galore on, on Rothschild. All of the awakened Americans of the last four years, these, these 5 million-plus citizen reporters, thanks to the Q operation, among other things, they realize what's going on, and you see memes like this: Jacob Rothschild go directly to hell, and it's uh, you know it's kind of funny from Monopoly. And I see a bunch of this, and that's the public sentiment. I'm talking about the average American citizen out there. That's the public sentiment. What do you think about the public sentiment turning on the cabal?
1: The public sentiment turning is, is a crucial component of this
0: operation, right? Because that is
1: it, within that process therein lies the shedding of the mind control. That is the gateway to what I believe to be the great spiritual return, the great realization of humanity as to who we really are. But this particular example that you've got up on the screen and many others like them, it takes it a little bit deeper, I think, than just the public sentiment and the public awareness, right? This is symbolic. The yep. Monopoly game was them sticking their finger in our faces, right? The Monopoly game, when they put that out, was them glorifying the fraud that they had managed, the usury that they had managed to uh, instill as public policy and and the commonly accepted practice here in the United States of America. And then with World War II, they turned that usury uh, sort of into a, an endless wildfire with the amount of... Um, fuel that was poured on it through that conflict, and then the territorial and geopolitical shifts that occurred after that conflict throughout the 20th century. So to take their symbolism, which is exactly what the Monopoly game represented, it's it's exactly what's on our U.S. dollar, it's, it's on our $20 bill, it's on our $1 bill, it's on our $100 bill, to take these types of symbolisms and literally point them back at them as they are exiting themselves out the door in a fashion that we can clearly see Um, Is against a backdrop of a loss of control of some kind in that very, very important sector. I I think there's something maybe spiritually sweet about it. There's almost uh, it's almost like a rebalancing of the scales in some regards and Q has said a number of times, and I utilize that entity as a great deal of inspiration for my lenses. Uh, Q has said a number of times that symbolism is their downfall, not only because we can read their symbols, not only because we can find them now everywhere, because they have been that pompous and arrogant that they've put it all over everything that they've ever done, yep. but also because there is power, I think, in a symbolic justice. There's power in a ceremonial Uh, a disposal of, of, you know, justice and reconciliation and rebalancing that has to happen here in the world. And things like this meme are just tiny little microcosmic examples of that process being in full force.
0: I'm with you on that. uh, Very well said. So going back to Rothschild, here we go. Last week on the, uh, we have Insider Tracker. She discovered that the Walton family, which owns Walmart, sold off $4.5 billion at the three siblings, Jim, Alice, and Rob, each sold $1.5 billion in trades. But that was also, you, you can couple that now with Jeff Bezos selling $8.5 billion of stake uh, in Amazon last week, uh, Mark Zuckerberg selling $500 million about uh, of Facebook slash Meta, and then you had J- uh, Jamie Dunn and J.P. Morgan uh, Chase selling off $182 million. You had all this happening right before Rothschild died or maybe the day he died because Rothschild likely died on last Friday. So I'm finding this all like, I definitely consider this inciting trading because they know with, with Rothschild dying in the Federal Reserve, like it's the public information. You go find a press release on March 11th, just go to Federal Reserve uh, website, you'll find it. Um, I, I really think they they know that the market's going to crash and crash soon. That's just my opinion. What are your thoughts on this kind of uh, all these dots like lining themselves up? You
1: know, my thoughts on that, I think, are that your extrapolation from the behavior is exactly right because we have to ask ourselves why would they do this and why now? And the with and with the the events that transpired immediately after and immediately before this, right? Um, This this situation of uh, Rothschild dying and remember two days before Rothschild died President Trump put out dog comps. So we knew that something was going to happen it was put out on Instagram just about 36 hours prior to Friday's announcement. Yeah, so. And then the, the um, you know, very large financial behemoths that would have sort of a heads up about major market shifts or moves, major things that are going to impact worldwide finance are sort of dumping their involvement at, a, at an asset level because now perhaps they're seeing them as a liability or, or it's perhaps better to try and gain something from them now as opposed to the near future. I think this is again a harbinger right they're telling us what is going on without telling us their actions act as their as their as their words their actions act as as what we would expect people to say and 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 do and and so when we're reading that particular you know field it's worth highlighting that their actions are very very important but it's also the spirit of how they're offered and remember they sold uh, 4.5 billion right 45 they sold 4.5 billion dollars uh, uh, worth good of walmart catch. stock Uh, because a great deal of these companies had much of their assets seized uh, with the election fraud and the various uh, treasonous actions that were taken post Trump's executive orders in early spring of 2020 in accordance with the various Um, executive orders that Trump had put out pertaining to behavior at the worldwide level, right? Election fraud within the United States by foreign actors, serious human rights abuses connected back to organizations and any entities, agents and officers of those organizations. So a great deal of the money that we're seeing now being sold off is, I think, being uh, given a justification for reinjection or excuse me, for for removal from the from the old system and reinjection into the new system. And there is a new system of some sort coming um, and there's a great deal of debate about that, right, about how that may look. But what is categorically sure is that a new system of some sort is coming because we have multiple reports, hundreds of reports from bank tellers all around the United States in the last two years, taking new training on new programs and new software systems that they have distinctly described as not being directly interfaced with SWIFT.
0: That's, that's absolutely correct. Now, I don't have a slide for this, but I'll, re- I'll read another breaking news uh, yesterday afternoon from Finance Lot or Finance Lancelot. He reports that Nancy Pelosi opened a $1.25 million call position in Palo Alto Networks, which provides cybersecurity solutions worldwide. What does she know? What does Nancy Pelosi know that we don't as far as a cyber attack? That probably ties into the subsea cables, which you're going to blame on a cyber attack or you're going to blame on the Houthis or whatever. Uh, you know, it all kind of ties together. So what is why is Nancy Pelosi... Getting involved now and in, and making a bet on cybersecurity.
1: You know, quite frankly, I think it's to tarnish her reputation and her legacy because the Pelosi we see right now is not the original Pelosi, and so whoever has access to these you know fictional yep. funds that may come from these trades is not even the legal accessor to those funds. You know, in general um i think that what this is to do more than anything is sort of the same thing that you highlighted just a moment ago it's to provide a road map is to provide provide an actionable ledger book if you will that we can look in, at and the individuals making moves within government making moves within bureauc- bureaucracy and and within private corporation and private finance and we can understand the things that may be um, coming down the pipe, if you will, in, in terms of the behaviors of different areas of society that are very, very important. Um, the Pelosi thing, I think, takes it to another level because it also highlights how the government itself uh, has has essentially been empowered to legislate unlimited profit uh, to itself by their participation in things like insider training, um, yeah. you know, voting themselves pay raises, endless pensions, health insurance for life, things of this nature you know, a lot of that doesn't really have meaning for individuals until they're witnessing it happening in real time. There's actually an actionable process that they can follow and trace and learn from. And that's exactly, I think, what's being shown out with Pelosi. At the same time, we're also being prepared for this inevitable cyber interference or, or very large scale you know, communications and cyber blackout that could be potentially on the horizon. Um, we've got a number of different you know, columnists, even from the World Economic Forum website itself postulating the question what would we do if the internet happens to just shut down so we know that this process will inevitably lead to that they're going to try and stifle the amount of information that can be shared through digital soldiers and and the the exposure of the information space worldwide before this process is all over but i think it's going to be blamed excuse me on this issue of cybersecurity security and, and potentially even a state actor or two behind that i could see very easily iran or Uh, Yemen or even North Korea and Iran or some sort of various alliance that would encompass a number of different alleged nations being blamed uh, for the results of something like this and what happens through that process and beyond onto the other side, right? That's anybody's guess. That's really the million-dollar question that all the patriots out there want to know. How do we navigate this process? What's it going to look like? Um, How long will it be? Will I have access to this or that or the other? And so I think it is worth remembering, just while we're having this talk, James, that if we're looking at things like a cybersecurity problem, or we're looking at things like a societal disruption that could, you know, potentially be blamed on a nation state actor as a precursor for some sort of conflict, we should also exercise some common sense and prepare ourselves for these sorts of desperation moves. They have nothing left. Logical thinking hey, dictates that they're gone. going to move in desperate fashion. They're going to deploy the various things, the unthinkable maneuvers that they never would have deployed before because the exposure at this point is is is, is you know irrelevant, right? It's immaterial. We're already there. Um, and once Trump is able to return to the office of the presidency, their their goose is completely cooked after that. So regardless of how he returns, their goal, their number one, a goal in life right now, those that have not switched sides and and come from one side to the Patriot side, um, their goal essentially is to drag this out and make it as impossible as they can for that particular event to occur.
0: No question about it. So in good news over in uh, Russia, Ukraine land, uh, we learned the truth. So Alexei uh, Nalvani actually died due to a blood clot. Sounds more like a Pfizer problem than a Russian hit. So so this and this came from the intelligence director of Ukraine. So I find this very interesting. This came out yesterday. Post Putin, post Tucker and Have you heard about this? You know, it
1: it very much looks like CYA, but I think there is also a great deal of, you know, truth to this idea that you know, Q spread online when Q said heart attacks can be dangerous, and there are multiple ways that you can cause a heart attack with inside the human being, right? You yeah. can do you can do that from frequency warfare all of the way over to injectables and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, was was this individual injected with a Pfizer shot? I think it's perfectly possible. We really don't know. I think it either way, regardless of the the you know mechanism of dis- discharge that caused. Uh, excuse me, the series of events with the blood clot and the the passing away of this person. I think the CIA and the intelligence community was likely connected to that. And it's worth remembering that Russian oligarchs have been heavily involved with Western financial assets and the, and the CIA and MI6, British MI6 in particular, um, you know, for a very long time. It's actually one of the reasons that an, an aide of uh, actually the Navalny individual, Alexei Navalny in question, was taken down by the Russian FSB in 2012 for uh, seeking to partner with British mi6 in a financial way circumventing Russian restrictions on the the profits that could actually be made and, and put on the books with this this type of an organization so you know, you know, again, I, I look at these things, James, and I think to myself, the rebalancing is is continuing. The, the scales move forward. Right. We have photos and video evidence to show that this individual was found at a Nazi rally in southwest Russia at one point in time. Um, he's sort of, you know, remission in some regards of the um, the Kiev government and the the attitudes that they have had towards not only the Russians, but also their own peoples. Um, and sometimes they just they dress themselves up in really pretty faces. Right. And we have to remember that. So but at the end of the day, whatever occurred with this individual, it it was not some sort of a natural cause situation, I don't think. I think anybody on Earth can reasonably conclude that that's not the case. But I find it very fascinating that immediately after his death, the CIA or excuse me, the New York Times should run a piece about the CIA's secret bases in Ukraine and how they have coordinated against Russian law enforcement and Russian intelligence
0: services. You mean this?
1: The, the flow is, is you know, so perfect, James, you can almost read the, the playbook as it's being played out, right? Um, I think there stands to be some amount of, you know, and the, again, this is a little bit speculative, but I think there stands to be some amount of, well, perhaps there was more involvement from the Western intelligence community as it pertained to this individual than we would like to say, we would like to admit. So we're going to soften the land. We're going to go ahead and inoculate the dirt, if you will, and run a till through it with a, you know, an article being released like this. And it's worth rem- remembering that Putin told Tucker in the interview that the CIA is responsible for a large amount of the destabilization that has occurred in the world and in and in domestically here in the United States of America. So this is a guy that is not afraid to say, look, It's our war is not with you, but our war is with the intelligence community and the mercenary adversarial group that controls your government and the governments that are on our borders and have infiltrating arms into Moscow and our government here in Russia as well.
0: So my question then is, I guess, one for the audience. Do you you think was uh, the CIA told him to go ahead and publish it or do you think his white hat like gave him like, you know, you, you go publish this now. What do you think?
1: You know, quite frankly, I think that we have some patriotic actors that have been planted within the CIA intelligence community, and I think it's possible the leak was generated from them, but it it reeks of a good guy operation regardless of where it happened to come from, because the timing is simply too perfect. It's immediately after just, you know, by about a week, a week and a half after Navalny's death was is first reported and all of the, you know, media talking heads go absolutely nuts doing their blame Russia thing. And yeah. then we've got this released. And then, you know, on the heels of this or, or right around the same time as this, we've got the uh, admission, if you will, from the head of intelligence from the Ukrainian directorate that, oh, as a matter of fact, the Russian authorities did tell the truth, never mind nothing to see here. Um, so it, it very much looks like a drag out and exposure operation in some regards. And I think it also is standing to make the point to the world that Ukraine and those intelligence communities and those NATO powers and those Western backers, if you will, uh, of Ukraine, what we would call, you know, the the elitist complex in the nato west you know entirely to include europe and north america they're not the good guys here um we the people in all nation states everywhere are sort of the good guys right but we have a situation where a number of different governments and a a major amount of the military forces of different arenas have been co-opted and and really sort of you know placed into some um, um neutered state of of ability to control and govern things in response to actions taken by the intelligence community and the CIA and the Israeli Mossad are two major, major organizations with British MI6 coming in third um, for that particular process of control to be sort of executed around the
0: world. I'm with you on that. Let's go to the last slide, which is uh, you, where people can find you. We've got True Social, real SGN is that, correct?
1: Yes, True Social, real SGN with a red check mark. And the rumble.com slash user slash Q News And I can also be found authentically now on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, the handle is the T H E Q News Patriot. The username is SGN and it has a blue check.
0: Excellent. That is great news. So uh, you know, you and I, before we started this show, talked a little bit about FEMA because a decade ago, people thought I was I was insane when I saw about agenda 2030, and the plan was to take the resistors and the truthers and put us patriots after they confiscate and steal all guns is to round us all up and put us in FEMA camps. And the other part of FEMA camps is the empty big box stores. Walmart closing twenty three of them last week to go along with the sell of four point five billion dollars in stock. Um, it's it's all interest. You have all these empty big box stores. You have these FEMA camps, and they were supposed to be used against us. This was always the plan. Uh, you know, in order to depopulate the world, you had to depopulate America first, essentially, right? You had to get rid of us because we, we were the last stand on freedom, last stand on Second Amendment, right, uh, defending our freedom. And they had to get rid of us. And so, sure enough, I actually believe that these FEMA camps, which are absolutely in Florida, in New York State, in other parts of the country, by railroad depots, right, just like no different than Nazi Germany ever Basically, ship us like cattle to our to our last station of Auschwitz, USA, where wherever that was going to be, and we we're going to be uh, processed and exterminated, vaccinated, and whatever. And they were to take us all out. That was the plan. They're going to use United Nations troops, uh, right? And then ha- half of the police in this country probably have a second second locker, one for the police uniform and one for the United Nations uniform. So these Freemasons were already in this country, ready to carry out this operation. Uh, lo- long story short, Trump comes in and disrupts the entire plan. Disrupts fake news media, right? Disrupts everything. And in fact, uh, one deep source in the MK Ultra program, who I've been talking to for the past month or texting and stuff like that, said they're six years behind schedule. Agenda 2030 is no longer 2030. I called out last year that they're at least one or two years behind, right? I mean. Uh, Prince Charles or King Charles, whatever, had a climate change hoax clock saying, we got eight years before the world ends. Well, that's weird. Eight plus 2023 is 2031. So you're already behind schedule. So it's kind of like indicators to me. So God acts in, in what way? He takes the weapons and tools of the enemy uses against the enemy. And this is a perfect example of the 180 degree shift of instead of destroying God's children through their plans, they are now going to be what? They're now is going to be used against them. You can take the mobile phone, right? We're supposed to be enslaved by it, right? A digital ID system, right? The rations like like Communist China, social score program. Well, at the end of the day, this is this is a reason. One of the reasons why we're being freed is because of their tool to enslave us is actually being used against the deep state cabal. Weigh in SGN. Well, you know.
1: Kind of like we highlighted earlier, a certain amount of ceremony and a certain amount, I think, of eternal symbolic, um, you know, reconciliation has to occur in this process because the wrongs that have been committed against the world and against the peoples of the world for so long are so egregious. We could spend, you know, and we will spend, I think, generations discussing how it happened that way and ensuring that we get the clearest, most transparent record, you know, that we could get. As we move forward into what I believe will be a very long period of peace and prosperity here on Earth. Um, But everything you've talked about, you know, from FEMA camps to the the digital cell phones and um, the, the ID scores that go along with that, all of these sorts of things, it was all used against them. You know, Q said we have it all. And then multiple times in the Q drops highlighted that these people were so stupid, they took their phones with them. They took their phones everywhere they went. They let phones into um, Room 29 on Epstein Island, right? Phones were everywhere. Yeah. So they were able to get access in, in patriotic factions of a very high level of military intelligence and data documentation and aggregation. They were able to gain access to essentially – What I think to be a much more expanded version of the same types of things that Julian Assange was able to gain access to, which was one of the reasons he's one of the most hated individuals on Earth, because he bypassed all of the obfuscation programs and actually got to the raw data. Uh, He got the raw servers. He got the raw reports from various, you know, uh, image boards and image hosting servers. Right. And so this made him public enemy, essentially, number one for every government on Earth.
0: Whistleblowers for sure.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, but, you know, again, high. And I, I set that context to highlight this. All of these different things that the, we, the people, gained access to became weapons of war in our favor after the election of President Donald J. Trump, because now we had a kinetic operation happening in the government of the United States of America to purge not only the government, but also the military industrial complex out of the U.S. Pentagon. And in so doing, we needed to create a digital army, but we also needed to highlight to everyone on Earth the things that have occurred. And the best and quickest way to do that would have been to co-opt the same information airwaves that they have been creating for a very, very long time uh, in a very funneled, controlled, methodical manner. Right. Um, To sort of take those over in the fashions that we could in the ways that we could. Uh, violate that MK Ultra programming, therefore causing curiosity, and then igniting this great awakening process, which leads to what? It leads to the exposure of all criminality. It leads to the exposure of nefariousness in all levels of government. It leads to exposure of all of the wrongdoing that has occurred even right down to the community level, you know, community level and, and arena, because you have citizen journalists that are called to do things like transnational geopolitics, and you have citizen journalists that are called to do things like take their smartphone down to the local town hall meeting and report on what's going there and so they literally cannot hide there's nowhere left for them to hide the very devices that they stuck in our pockets to control our every move and eventually to control our own brains through the transhumanistic ai merging of man and machine have now been made to be the agents of their very extinction they're the agents of the loss of their control the loss of their lineage the loss of their power the loss of their um, posterity and certainly the loss of their immortality in the sense that they've always been glorified This group of people will forever be hated from this point forward in the annals of history and not hated in a vengeful, emotional, aggressive way, but hated in the sense that what they have represented is so anti-God, it simply cannot be tolerated in a world that has been made by God for us. Um, We're the inheritors of this planet, and it is so poetic in many regards to see You know, the creator moved through the the citizen army and the digital awakening that has occurred and repurpose so much of their kinetic infrastructure against them at the same time. The worldwide energy markets are now the agent of their constriction instead of the agent of their expansion. The worldwide finance markets have been completely reshaped, and that was the greatest focus of their control, right? Uh, Give me control of a nation's money, and I care not who writes the, the laws, said Meyer Amschel Rothschild. So now that entire locus of control has been lost, and on top of all of that, the people around the world are awake lock, stock and barrel and becoming more so every day to the fact that all of this nefariousness and all of this suffering and all of the system systemic design of stress and repression that came in the worldwide constructs that we were born into and grew up in was all purposeful and it can be changed.
0: I am I am with you on that and it's going to be changed. And the, and the Starlink satellites, and I talked to you on this a few shows ago uh, last fall um we're going to be used they're not communication satellites they're financial satellites so it's showing us that the they were going to control us through these satellites out there 250,000 of them and that 90% of them were for finance right the entire financial system was going to be up there that's how they're going to slave us but now that system is going to free us to the point of QFS or what version of that comes out bypassing the Swiss system like you said go ahead
1: Well, and what is what is sort of keeping with the theme from a moment ago about symbolic and poetically, you know, just and important is that the new system, our new way of value exchange here in the world, which is at the basis of most of our interaction as human beings. Right. Offering a product or a service to one another to add value to one another's experience and learn and grow from that. Right. I think that's a good summary of how we are here in the world. And that system is now being hosted away from the physical terra firma, right? It's no longer on the ground. It's no longer down here at what you would consider that three-dimensional see-it-hear-it-smell-it-taste-it-touch-it level. It is hosted high in the sky. It is hosted in sort of a plane, if you will, if we can call it that, or a segment uh, of our consciousness here in the world that is literally higher, Um, It sort of now is in between us and the Almighty. And so the Almighty has a much more direct, I think, uh, symbolic access, right, And, and a much more direct control, notwithstanding that there has always been direct control from the Almighty, but this is more of a kinetic example of that being fleshed out over the value exchange that happens here in the world. And that value exchange, James, I think is going to govern the spiritual progress of mankind as we go forward, because the two of them will eventually merge.
0: Two of them will will emerge. I got two topics left to talk about in the next uh, 12 minutes. Um, One is the ratification attempt by the World Health Organization in May of the pandemic treaty so they can get, uh, destroy all sovereignty in all nations, right? Erase borders. You know, they, they want borders at their elites' houses and their offices and parliament and keep the farmers out, but they don't want borders for, for nations and they don't want borders for individual sovereignty. So they've they, they so they've been floating the disease X, Bill Gates, uh, dross and all those people have been talking about disease X nonstop basically from the beginning of the year. And even Tidro says something strange to me that we're going to have a disease X. X. So I guarantee you we're going to have a second pandemic 2.0 after the ratification. I go, that's really weird. I mean, if, they were, if you're going to convince me as the signatory of a nation to sign a pandemic treaty, wouldn't you want the disease X before? So I get scared and the people and my politicians pressure me to sign it instead of after? I mean... Or, or am I just overthinking this, SG?
1: Pardon me, the audio cut there for just a second. Um, in answer to the question, I don't think that you're overthinking it in any form or fashion. I think that this is literally being set up as the noose by which the, the WHO will hang itself for world history, quite frankly. Um, we yeah, And it's worth remembering that in the 118th Congress, we had a House Resolution 3832, which is titled the Disease X Act of 2023 that was introduced June the 5th of 2023. And it was referred to the Subcommittee on Health. Um, and that's been the latest action that we've seen uh, from it so far. So it's stuck in committee, but it is still there. Um, sort of, you know, like a a a. Um, like a bullet waiting in the chamber, if we could use the terminology, right? Something preparing to be pulled out um, at such a time as needed. And so the WHO, um, everyone has spent the last three to four years, really in a significant sense, much of us before that, but really the mass population over the last three to four years, very much interested in the activities of the WHO and where those activities intersect with private corporations, think big pharma, Uh, and the military intelligence and industrial complex. So think the NSA in some regards, various military intelligence agencies, certainly the Defense Threat Reduction Agency and others, and how they intertwine and intersect. And so the WHO is sort of the public-facing glob, if we want to call it that, that directs policy, protocol, and activities that are made possible by the other, other entities that we just described a moment ago. So with this Pandemic Preparedness and Response Treaty, If we look at it in an irregular warfare style lens and we step back a moment and appreciate that, yes, it represents something that's terrifying. Yes, we could talk about that all day long. But focusing on the irregular warfare aspect, what might be gained from something like that being moved through the bureaucracy here in the United States of America? Well, one is the obvious gain, which is the world waking up to the idea that sovereignty, borders, territorial integrity, national identity, things like this, uh, things of this nature. They're very important and they do matter. That's the obvious gain gained from that. But what else is gained from that? The violation, otherwise known as an act of war against all Western state state nations on a biological terrorism level that governs that would be governed by international treatise that's pretty well set in stone. So the 47 Nuremberg Code, the Geneva Convention on Biological Weapons, etc. We already have that violation. We've already got the the evidence needed to move forward in that capacity, right? But what are we still waiting on, James? We're still waiting on that last 25 to 35% of the population to come around and acknowledge that big pharma, biological terrorism, the military totalitarian state sitting in the background in the U.S. government and in other governments, they're all the same beast. And the WHO and the U.N. as a global structure itself is the puppeteer and the controller of that beast. So- by making that beast take such an action, coupled with uh, more than seven separate national emergencies that have been declared in the last eight years here in the United States of America, also dovetailing into national emergencies, going back to W, uh, you know, President W. Bush, the 43rd president, yep. spe- uh, specifically outlining terrorism, which is a very, very important term to keep in mind as we go forward. All of these. Um, forces these different arenas are converging for what they're converging to allow for military action against the who. They're converging for military action against the U.N. and various U.N. agencies that have made things like the border invasion possible, the child trafficking out of Gaza you know, possible, the various humanitarian catastrophes in Ukraine going back 25 plus years now. All of those made possible by the U.N. and the financiers of the U.N., right? The WHO and the bioterrorism worldwide made possible by the U.N. So this will engage and I think this will be one of several uh, irons in the fire, actually, that will all ignite at once and will engage the lawful justification for the use of military force against ostensibly what amounts to a transnational civilian corporate entity. It's not a militarized force in name, But it will be named as a militarized combatant in these in these uh, proceedings and processes as we go forward. And frankly, James, I think some of that will actually be administered by Commander in Chief Trump after he's back in office. Once he's back in office, this this war doesn't end right. We move into the next phase, which is to get much more kinetic, much more overt, much more real with this deep state structure worldwide, and forcibly put to justice the the systems and the institutions and the entities and those in charge of them for the things that they have done to humanity.
0: I am with you, and for the audience in particular, pull out your Bible, go to Isaiah 18. God told his people uh, the the borders to create uh, the state they would live in back in the day. So if you don't think borders matter, God has directed directed His people a long time ago in Isaiah eighteen. Go read it. Very very specific borders, very very specific locations. Not an accident. Um, and we're we're going back to sovereignty. That is for sure. Six minutes left. SG. Let's talk about. You had a thesis two or three months ago, and I loved it. That we got the uh, Parisian uh, Summer Olympics coming in in France, and that perhaps we're going to have a repeat of the black plague in the 13th centuries, but it's not going to be the germs that bounce off rats and people. It's going to be what?
1: Well, the supposition, the, the active theory that I'm working with on this is that disease X will probably be Marburg virus. Uh, The Department of Health and Human Services has already spent more than uh, five million dollars in preparation for Marburg virus. FEMA has issued guidance related to Marburg virus. The WHO in the last two years has issued at least three separate press releases regarding the prevalence of Marburg virus by name. Um, So, you know, this is this seems to be, you know, a preparation, I think. And it's worth you know noting just off on a quick side tangent, James, that the word Marburg, if you flip the M upside down, you actually get Warburg, Paul Warburg. Um, the banker from the early twentieth century. So, Thanks, sir. it would be very appropriate, I think, uh, considering the activities of the worldwide banking clan, right? The worldwide elitist banking cabal and what they've done to make possible things like bioterrorism, which is the topic of this, you know, hypothetical. And so, the Summer Olympics in France. You know, France has always been um, one of those, you know, stalwart strongholds against cabalist uh, influence, uh, with the exception of the last maybe four or 500 years the Gauls were infiltrated uh, very early on but they were they were very against the what they called the um, uh, the Jewish plague and I and I say that you know referencing the, the 13 the activities of the 1340s that's not yep. to label a group or, or to identify a group with for any responsibility but you know there was a very strong contingent of we the people in those days that recognized that things were not as they seem and that's one of the reasons the French Revolution was so brutal and so oppressive against the French we the people, the population of We the People, because uh, there was a certain amount of an axe to grind that had been a multi-hundred-year axe uh, going back with this cabal. So, what I, you know, what I find fascinating is that history seems to repeat, right? And Ecclesiastes tells us that there's nothing new under the sun, and we've seen reports that some sort of quote pandemic event or some sort of super spreader contagion is going to emerge in the Western world. Um, it makes a lot of sense given the. Um, um, summer Olympics that are coming up this year, which is going to have essentially every nation on Earth in Paris, France, right, on top of the fact that China uh, was the last you know, nation to be responsible for the spread of uh, pathogens that actually weren't even really originally designed and built in China, but they were launched off from that point. And yeah. there's been a significant amount of diplomatic cooperation between Beijing and, and Paris with Emmanuel Macron's government. Uh, so this could very well be, you know, the setup for something like this. And Marburg happens to be a virus that is spread uh, through contact with bodily fluids. So you would need an aqueous medium. You would need some sort of aquatic environment or some sort of water-based medium environment to spread this type of, of you know virus from person to person. It wouldn't be, in its traditional sense anyway, it wouldn't be aerosolized except through extremely large droplets. I mean, someone would have to cough on your face right, for you to be able to transmit it in that particular way. But if you stuck everyone in water Olympics, you would have a very great uh, pathway for super spreader for for some sort of very large contagion event that could be blamed, right, as the justification for some sort of actions to come as a result of that. Now, again, you know, this is a bit, you know, hypothetical in some regards, because I'm drawing inspiration from patterns that have previously happened. Um, There were, you know, rats that were actually came on board cargo ships that sailed from the uh, Jewish Levant back in those days and it really wasn't the Jewish Levant it was the the more Aramaic the Arabian uh, the Arabic uh, Arabic Levant excuse me um, but they had come in through the south of France and they were responsible uh, for the spread of black plague in the 1340s in the south of France we have reports from that and then reports all over Europe uh, for about two years from various journal entries historic records you know things that have been preserved as written matters of, of public law and public adjudication um, Pardon me, I lost you there. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can I hear you. Keep going. All
1: right. Uh, public law and public adjudication. You know, these records have showed us uh, that back in the 1340s, there was widespread certainty. It wasn't suspicious suspicion. It was certainty that water wells and food sources, particularly crop fields, were being seeded with bubonic plague infested rodents uh, by the, the local authorities in those days. So, in other words, we had a biological terrorism style event happening uh, you know, relative to the the technological position and the the knowledge base of the populations of we the people in the world at that time, and it would make a lot of sense that we would see a repeat of that um, on their way out the door. Right? This is the this is the same group of power hungry, bloodthirsty warlords that have you know run worldwide finance, worldwide government, worldwide commerce. Uh, to include things like healthcare and churches and things of that nature for a very long time, think, thinking at the very top, right, not at your diocese level, but at the very, very top. And so if they're on their way out the door, symbolic, um, you know, shattering the windows, if you will, trying to bring, you know, trying to do damage to the house on the way out would make a lot of sense. And this is a playbook that they've deployed at least one time in the past with extraordinary success. Uh, the bubonic plague of, you know, that came from France and Italy and spread into Central and Northern Europe and down into the Spanish Peninsula that killed more than two-thirds of the entire population of the continent. It was a very, very successful playbook that was run in the past. And I could see something like this being utilized as the justification for some sort of worldwide emergency, some sort of escalation of hostilities uh, being carried out by Manchurian actors, which would catalyze that procession of events needed to engage military patriotic military actors worldwide in preventing the destruction of civil society.
0: I am with you on that it is a very interesting hypothesis is very possible, right? There's no, there's no organic pandemics. Uh, we're learning, we're learning that it's all man-made driven, cabal driven, and this makes a ton of sense. SG, thank you very much for your time today. We'll bring you on in the near future as this incredible story of the new world history unfolds. Thank you.
1: Thank you for